in a way, if I was going to, if, if someone asked me, he said, look, I've, I've been an animal portrait for a long time, artist, and I'm, I'm doing quite well with them, but I want some more experience, I'd put them to landscape mm. straight away. Welcome to episode 109 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Oh, it's good to be back. We haven't done it. It feels like we haven't done a podcast in ages. Well, it's been a while, but you've been pretty pretty busy this week, so we've had to fit it in almost at the last minute. Yeah, yeah, it's been right down to the wire, actually, yeah. Um, but I think it's because we, we pre-recorded a couple of episodes in uh, mm. a, a few in advance, uh, a few days in advance. It just feels like it's been a while since we've done one. Oh, well. Anyway, it's good to be plenty back. Of, plenty of um, topics and questions, haven't you? So yeah. How are you anyway? Are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I just started my first uh, picture of 2015, and just finished that now. So I'm well pleased with it. Excellent. Excellent. That's and, good. Uh, it's nice. It's nice to get back to like you. You know, it's nice to get back to London. I know you enjoy the pantomime, but it's nice to get back to your day job, basically. Yeah. And that's what I, it's the same with me. To get back, I feel that with me, it's nice to get back after all the Christmas festivities. You know, to get back into the swing of you know producing artwork and proper job. Yeah. Yeah. Getting back I into the swing it. of things. Yeah, nothing like that really, is that to get back to, um, I mean, I, as I said, I love all the festivities, like all the, the meetings and the uh, family get-togethers and all that, but really, in a way, you can't be a regular routine, uh, especially as you get older, Steve, it's, it's probably as you get older, you, you, you just want to get back into a routine as soon as possible, Yeah, feel more comfortable that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it, that? It is. Mm. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, um, moving on to your questions then for and feedback for this week. Uh, the first one it comes from Angela. Hi, Colin and Steve. In last week's podcast, Angela asked about boxes to store her pencils in. I would highly recommend the Derwent Carry All Pencil Carrying Case. It holds about 132 pencils, plus has a pocket for rubbers, sharpeners, colour shapers, etc., and a section in the back for sketch pads or notes. Like you, I use, uh, I use glass jars to hold the pencils I am actually using, but the case keeps all my pencils within easy reach without risk of damage, and it is light and easy to carry about. I was so pleased with mine that I bought another to hold my uh, ink tents, colour soft and watercolour pencils, as well as sketching pencils and pens. So much better than the collection of boxes I had previously that took up a lot of room and were difficult to keep organised. I hope this helps Angela and any other listeners. That's great. It's great. That really is, yeah. That's that's an ideal setup. Yeah, thanks for sending that in. So that's for anyone else that wanted that again. It's the Derwent Carry All. Carry All is spelled uh, carry hyphen all. Uh, pencil carrying case. So uh, I thought Derwent would have uh, have a solution out there for those that wanted to carry lots of pencils. They're a very good company, apart from the pastel pencil. They make really, really good products, and uh, I, I, I can't recommend them highly enough, except for the pastel pencil. It's a shame, really, that they don't measure up quite as well as the uh, 
competitors. Well, they're a pretty huge company, aren't they? In the sense mm. of the pasta pencils, they there are even though the product isn't that good, they are sort of a market leader almost, aren't they? In the sense they that are. people go straight to them. I think it's not until people try something else, you know, they may have a box of Derwent and be reasonably happy with them. It's not until you try another product, like the paper Castell, that you realise that there's shortcomings. And uh, But as I said, there are professional artists that use Derwent and they seem to be okay with them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next one is from Amelia. Hi, Colin. I've done a few pastel pictures now, and they've all been from photos, some of friends' pets and some of random animal photos off the internet just as practice. I'm now considering doing a piece for a local exhibition, and I'm having difficulty finding something to draw because I don't want to copy someone else's photo, yet I don't really have the opportunity to take my own photos of the subjects I'd like to draw. So my question is, where do you find photos to draw from? Do you have any tips on what photos are safe to draw from or how to adapt them so it's it's not stealing someone else's picture? Sorry if you've covered this on your site and I've just missed it. Thanks once again for all the great videos and tips. I've learned so much. Well, Amelia, uh, that's a great question, that, and I'm sure uh, the answer I give will be of value to everybody because they all face the same problem. Um, It's obviously ideal if you can take your own photographs, um, but if you're doing animals particularly, if you're doing wild animals, you've got even more of a problem unless you decide to go on safari or go to your local zoos or, you know. But even then, uh, and I've done this and I've taken good pictures by doing that. But really, what alternatives are there? Well, there are alternatives. There are um, sites on the internet that are allow you to use their pictures. And I think, who was it? Jackie. Jackie came across one recently, those tigers. And that was uh, a photographer who allowed artists to use their pictures. But I wouldn't worry too much about looking on the internet. I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of references on there. What you could do is you could pick a reference that you liked, uh, change it. Just, just You don't have to do it exactly as you see it. You can get the... Uh, all the, the framework of the animal. But they, let's say, you know, it, had, it was in a jungle. Well, you could put it, you know, in another setting. Or if it was in a zoo, you could put it into another setting. Um, I have done this myself on occasion, so it's not really a problem. Another thing you can do, too, you can reverse the image. Uh, this is something that uh, I used to tell my class. That if you've got a picture, um, draw it the other way around. You know, instead of doing it as you see it. Because what happens is you're very, very, very unlucky if someone picks up a piece of your work and said, oh, that's exactly like that image I saw in this particular site or that particular site. It's very, very difficult to... There's thousands and thousands of images on every subject, aren't there? So it's very, very unlikely. You'd be very unlucky to to find something and someone say, oh, I've seen that somewhere. So this is what I would do. First of all, go down the road of trying to find the the sites, uh, particularly with animals, that allow you to uh, use their pictures. 
If you can't do that, then you can use a photographic reference and adapt it, change the background. Um, I certainly have done many pictures where I don't do the whole animal, I just do the head and shoulders. And, uh, and then the other thing, as I said, you can reverse it too. So there are ways and means out of this, but it shouldn't let you stop you. And after all, you, 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 unless you're a professional artist who can afford, like David Shepherds of the world, can go on safari and take their own pictures, uh, it, it's going to be very difficult for the uh, man in the street, and certainly the amateur artist, to be able to afford to do that. Mm. Now, if you're selling... Um well, first of all, if you're doing a picture, a piece of art, I think we've said before that once you sort of take that image and you do your interpretation of it as a piece of art, it kind of, like, voids the copyright, sort of, does it? Uh, it does to a certain extent, yes, yes. It's, it becomes your property, really, um, and even though you copied it, I mean, very, very, very rare that you could actually take a picture and do it exactly the same as the photographs. I mean, I would say it's impossible. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do an exact match of it. Uh, if you're doing tiger, the tiger stripe's going to be slightly different, isn't it? The, the eyes are going to be slightly different. The, the color of the fur is going to be... All these things are going to uh, play a, um, a part in it. Uh, so I would, you're right. If you take a picture or copy a picture from somewhere and... You make it your own picture, which you would do if you change the background, particularly change the background. Uh, then it becomes your picture, and I've never had it. I've never had uh, an occasion where I've seen anybody being sued by anybody. Never. Hmm. And, and all the time I've been doing this, and thirty odd years, I've never heard of anybody, any artist, being sued over it. Hmm. I think the. Uh... I think unless you're doing something like maybe, is it acrylic What's the, or oil, which is the really, like, photo-realistic, you, mm. you can see the real photo-realistic pieces of art, you know, that that's a photo, that's an exact copy of so-and-so's photo. But with pastel pencils, you can put your own... When you do it, it's, it's sort of instantly the medium allows you to do your own interpretation, so it's not mm. photo-realistic, even though... You know, some of your pictures, you know, they do look like, oh, my God, is that a photo? But you also, if someone says, no, it's a piece of art, you know it's a piece of art. Mm, mm. So, Oh, quite right. Mm. I think with the, with the medium, it's sort of different. Well, I think, I think the, only, the only medium that really would work uh, against you would be the acrylic. I've seen acrylic artists who can actually reproduce photographic uh, imagery. Uh, and... It doesn't work. I've, I've mentioned this before. It doesn't work. If you try to do that, it, it, it looks too um, false. It's far better to do a picture like we do with the pastel pencil or someone with an oil painting or even with watercolour uh, where you can't reproduce exactly a photographic image. Therefore, you're forced into doing your own interpretation of it. Mm. And in doing that, you make the picture your own. All you can be accused of, really, I think, is copying the idea. You know, someone's taken a photograph and they've done the composition of that photograph and they've spent the time, if it wasn't just luck, they've spent the time in uh, getting the composition right before they've pressed the shutter and you could be accused then of um, taking that off them. But really, 
I really wouldn't worry about it, folks, you mm-hmm. know, out there. It's something I haven't come across anybody having uh, been uh, pulled over the coals for this. Mm. I did mention once, uh, and this was a while ago in the podcast, where an artist, a professional artist, I might add, actually copied another professional artist's picture almost exactly. And the professional artist who did the original picture wasn't very happy, and he expressed it. Uh, But he couldn't sue him. Because he changed a couple of bits of it. It really? was obviously the same picture, but he, he changed a bit, so he couldn't sue him for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's a pretty rare, rare thing to happen. Yeah. Well, this is the good thing about your work. Like, Amelia, if you wanted to give, you know, do one of your pieces of work, oh, copy yeah. one of your pictures and change it, there's, there's uh, quite a lot of reference pictures out there that you've done that are copyright-free. Well, you can do my pictures and exactly as I do them and, and sell them. We allow you to do that. Yeah. Don't, I'm not going to do – I'm very, very flattered, in fact. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you put it in the, an exhibition and maybe sell it. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. Okay. Uh, I think that's – hopefully that's helped uh, you, Amelia, and uh, anyone else out there actually if anyone's got websites that they've got that they use for reference material that they want us to read out on the podcast for others then send them over um, yes actually Stephen that is a really good idea I wonder whether it might even be worth putting a, a special notice up somewhere uh, on the website if people can supply these names at these websites we could actually put them on as a service to people yeah there cool. is a, there is a community a forum on the community which says share your reference material um but that could be reference websites as well so mm. uh, members can you know by all means use that that forum uh, on the community to share share the websites where you get your pictures from and if we get this question come up again you can always point them to that can't you yeah for sure okay great so uh, next one is uh, from Denise. Hi, Colin and Steve. I signed up because I think Colin is a fantastic teacher and has incredible talent. Um, I've been drawing mainly in pastel for five years now. Most of what I've learned so far is from Colin and the rest of YouTube. I think Colin explains things so well and clearly and the real-time videos make learning a lot easier. I always listen to your podcast. I love your interaction with each other. You are just such sweet people. I have posted a couple of my pictures on your Facebook page and it was great to get encouragement from your other members. Anyway, I had some money from Christmas and I thought, I know, I'll treat myself to Colin's tuition. Thank you both for all your help and teaching. Best wishes, Denise. That's a bit of feedback oh, that's for very, you. very nice. Thank you so much. Is that amazing? We live, on, live off this, don't we? Yeah, well, it's great. I mean, and also that mm. Denise has learned uh, f- mainly from you and YouTube, you know, it's... Mm. Uh, mm. One thing I will pick up on there, uh, Denise is talking about the real-time videos. Um, If she's only just joined the site, she wouldn't have had the opportunity yet of seeing the real, real real-time videos because they they are stunning. Even though I say it myself, they're hours sometimes long. And it gives gives the artist an opportunity to work alongside me. Mm. You know, they can do – and nothing's left out. I mean, I don't do every section of every picture, but I do every important part of every picture. So, And then all I do then is skip over the repeat things. Otherwise, it becomes rather tedious and boring. Mm. 
But as far as the, uh, the real-time video, I, I couldn't agree with more. One of the reasons why we did the site, Steve, the DVDs are very good, and they, they, they've, we've done very well out of the DVDs over the years. But they do uh, cut short where you feel you want a little bit more information, and there you go. You, oh, I wish I could have seen more of that. Mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that. So the real-time videos are definitely the the, the great innovation really over the last few years Mm. absolutely so the next one is from claudia hi colin and steve i've completed this painting a few months ago and i thought you might like to see it and claudia attaches her renoir picture she said i had normal uh, enormous difficulties with the hair and resorted to correcting the muddy look with some soft pastels I know it's a far cry from Colin's painting, but it was a great exercise and loved every minute of it. I didn't use the line drawing, but I drew it freehand and then transferred it, transferred it to the on-grade paper. So it's not as accurate, but I wanted to give it a try. I'm usually partial to animal subjects, but I started following Colin's advice and I'm experimenting with different subjects, such as this portrait, the cherries, the vase of, the vase of roses, etc. And I must say that it truly pays. I really did learn a lot more by tackling different subjects and I'll keep on doing so. Anyway, I just wanted to share it with you and thank you for the great advice. I'm about to start the rustic cottage and already know that I am up for a big challenge. Take care and keep up the good work. You are truly the best teacher I've ever had. So gentle, humble, and so incredibly talented. Oh. That's very nice again. Uh, well, interestingly, though, um, moving from animals to flowers and to portraits isn't such a leap as moving from animals to landscapes. Completely different set of rules. So... I'm looking forward to hear what Claudia and how Claudia gets on with that. Mm. Because if you if you think about it, you're dealing with um, a port, animal poultry, you're dealing with uh, human poultry, you're dealing with flowers to a certain extent. You're dealing with things that you can readily see. Now, when you've got a landscape, you're dealing with trees, you're dealing with skies, you're dealing with brickwork, you're dealing with shrubs with water. Now, all of these things haven't got form. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah, I see, yeah. And therefore, what you're doing is you have to put your own perimeters on them. You have to see where the tree ends or where the, where the clouds don't look like cotton wool. They look real. And there's no hard and fast rule about it. I can't even give one. There's plenty of examples, and, of course, one of the greatest things to do is to follow one of the videos. Um, and, but water is another thing that people have an awful lot of problem with. And so, in a way, I, if I was going to, if, if someone asked me, say, look, I've, I've been an animal portrait for a long time, artist, and I'm, I'm doing quite well with them, but I want some more experience, I'd put them to landscape mm. straight away because that's where you learn and that's where you can pick up the extra little bit of technique that when you come to do your animals next time, you're not quite so... You're, you're used to the freedom that the landscape would give you. I was just about to say that, actually. It's something you said about uh, trees and water not having form. Um, so there's more freedom, like you say, and flexibility. So it's mm. almost like you're learning to not stick by the rules and go off a little bit probably what makes landscapes so hard is that 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 they are they can be uh 
changed and uh, you can you can go all over the show all different places with them that when you go back to doing something that has got form and structure you can view it from a different viewpoint where oh I might just change this or I might just try that and I might it sort of loosens you up a bit but interestingly though um, Claudia had a problem with the hair now the hair is another is one part of the whole uh, portrait scenario that creates the most problems and the hair is a bit like trees a bit like water a bit like built bricks um, it doesn't have a form you can't actually control your pencils so you have to almost switch on to uh, an impressionistic style which is what I do when I'm doing hair and therefore it'd be interesting when Claudia does the uh, rustic cottage to go back and have another crack at the hair she would find it a little easier mm. coming from there from that uh, uh, viewpoint from than from where she's been with animals mm. you can't compare animals you see with human hair there's, there's no comparison between the two yeah and it's interesting that the subject she pitched picked the Renoir is a bit more free form a bit more mm. um impressionistic uh a little bit looser that's and right. you've got flowers in it as well. That's right, um, yeah. And she said that she uh, used the soft pastels to kind of lift it a bit. Yes. Well, yes. it's interesting with the landscape, she can't really get away with that because... No, you can't. It's too much detail. <laughs> you can't. If you try to put a tree in and you think, oh, well, I'll just yeah, I'll just draw it, you know, any old hair, it looks absolutely awful. You can't... You can't apply the rules that you've been using in the animals and the other uh, subjects to landscape. You can't do it. It just won't work at all. Uh, but I've got to say that I recommend everybody having a go at it, even if they fail the first time. Landscapes are, to me, the number one. And people know my work now and they say oh you do some lovely animals and I agree I love doing the animals I really do enjoy it uh, but the landscapes give me I think probably the most pleasure in terms of pushing me challenging me mm. really good I mean the two landscapes people don't know about it yet and I know we shouldn't talk about them but there are two landscapes coming up where you can almost hear me think when I'm doing it and I, I don't hide anything. I say, you know, folks, I'm not sure this is going to work. And I do it, and it does. Of course, if it didn't, you wouldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, and you know that because you've edited them. It, it's, a, it's a fantastic buzz you get when you're doing that kind of thing. I, is it going to work? Will it work? Yeah. And would you, uh, say, would you say you could use more artistic license with a landscape because you can you can move people about, you can move things about, and because it doesn't have that sort of more rigid structure, it's a bit more mm. freedom, um, you can use your artistic licence more? There are certain rules in landscape work that you've got to adhere to. One of them is perspective. That's the one thing you really have to adhere to. If you get that wrong, don't matter how clever you are, it's not going to work. The perspective is so important. Uh, also, harmonium harmonious colours are important because in an animal you're dealing with uh, something that's almost there in front of you uh, and with people it's exactly the same but with a landscape you've got distance involved so you're looking at uh, 
distant hills, distant mountains, different uh, distant uh, fields, distant trees. So you have to also think of the, it's not so much perspective there as harmony of colours. The simple rule is the further back you go, the cooler you get. The nearer you go, the warmer you get. Very easy. Well, yeah. it's not. No, it's not easy. No, but that is easy to understand. <laughs> that's the rule of thumb. You use the cool colours in the distance, and uh, the sort of warmer colours as you get close, and then the, the earth and the warm colours close up. That's interesting because I just thought we've been talking about colour harmony for animals recently a lot, haven't mm, we? Um, that's right. Yeah. We should do some blogs on colour harmony in landscapes. Mm. to help demonstrate what you just said, because I can understand the theory with what you said. And now I'll look at your pictures, your landscapes, and, and probably go, oh, yeah, I can see the, the tones, the harmonies, because, um, you know, like the tiger stripes, including the, the same colour in both tones to get the, the harmony there. That's I right. wouldn't even know how you do that on a landscape, because you've got things that are, you would think, polar opposites, like a sky mm. and a building and a mm. tree. And uh, how do you, you know, so we'll perhaps talk about that some more. When they, when they come up, they'll be coming up in, you know, in, in the not-too-distant future. We, we will. We will talk them out, bring them up, because I can explain better when I've got a picture in front of me. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, Castle Coombe, uh, which is one people would know, I use the bluey greens in the trees in the distance. And then I use the warmer colours when they come into the middle distance. Mm. See what I mean? As, mm. as generally as base colours you're looking at there. Uh, but of course, you've also got uh, water now. If you were doing water, you, you'd use the cool colours in water. So that completely throws it. Uh, uh, you can't use warm colours in water; they won't work. No. <laughs> you see, but you can use warm colours into the cool colours in in water. So. Although the rules are there, they're, they're kind of like you know what they are. You, you've, you've still got to manipulate them to make them work. Mm. There's a lot to it. There's a tremendous amount to it. Mm. Uh, and uh, this is why I like it so much. Yeah. it is more of a challenge. Yeah. I feel like we're only just touching the tip of the iceberg with that, that topic. So uh, <laughs> we'll get onto that more and more as we did with the Carla Harmony, I'm sure. Well, we are, of course, this only talking about people who want to do their own landscapes. I mean, if they do mine, they're okay, because I've given them all the uh, pencils anyway. That's true. That's true. Okay, good. Um, so that's all the questions and feedback we've got this week. Uh, if you want to submit your question or feedback uh, or get in touch with us, then go to our website, colinbradleyart.co.uk, and click the contact page at the top and uh, get in touch. Um We'll call the episode uh, a day there. I just want to add on one thing that perhaps we can talk about more next week, which is the new project that's coming out very, very soon. And it's a portrait. We've funny, we've been talking about portraits. Uh, and it's the first male portrait you've done on our members' site, Dad. Yes, that's right. Yes, well, it, this was uh, at a request about six months ago now, or thereabouts, that somebody said can you do a bearded man? I remember them saying that. And I thought, that's a good idea. I've never done a bearded man. So um, I haven't given it away, have I? Yes, I have. I've told you. Well, I, I said it was a, a first-man portrait. Man. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it's a famous it's a famous bearded man and i'm not going to say who it is i will leave people to wait to find out on facebook when i will put up the picture uh, yes. the same day well, perhaps perhaps what you could do is don't don't name the person oh yeah 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 yeah. just, just the beard just call him the bearded man yeah and then say who is it? Does anyone recognise? Yeah. I mean, I, I recognised him when you'd only done the eyes and I knew who it was. So that's pretty pretty good going, I'd say. Pretty good painting by you um, if I just picked him up from the eyes. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk about that more next week. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I look forward to seeing that. That's coming out when? Next week, is it? Uh, yeah, in the next week. In the next oh, week, that'll be up. So, oh, that, that's something that uh, I, I well, we, we talk about it next week anyway. But I, I, I look forward to that because it, again, good fun. It's something very different too. Mm, mm. Okay, good. So that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley, and I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.